Hello and welcome to the Black Eyed Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. Well, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. It is really, 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 really not a surprise that Fauci lied. Not a surprise at all. But first, I want to take a moment to think of our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and also uh, the victims of Ida. I, I see there's a you know a substantial death toll here. And I really just want to take a moment and just, you know, think of them and put them in our thoughts and prayers. On with the moment. Oh, my God. I'm just going to play this. It's a five-minute clip regarding Dr. Fauci and the gain-of-function documents. This report can tell you far better than I can actually read it, so I'm going to let you hear what's happened and let you be the judge, and then I will discuss. Well, the lab leak theory is continuing to gain momentum, and there are now concerns Dr. Anthony Fauci lied when he was under oath while speaking at Senate in July. Newly released documents obtained by The Intercept show the National Institute of Health directed a grant of $3.1 million to the U.S. health organization EcoHealth Alliance. Dr. Fauci is the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and oversees several programs at the NIH. According to The Intercept, just shy of $600,000 of the $3.1 million went straight to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study bat coronaviruses that could jump to humans. This concept has now become one of the leading theories as to how coronavirus originated. While Dr. Fauci acknowledged the NIH did provide funding to the EcoHealth Alliance, the money was not gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function is the medical research that alters an organism or disease in a way that increases pathogenesis, transmissibility, or host range. However, biologist Alina Chan wrote an assessment on the new documents and said, in this proposal, they actually point out that they know how risky this work is. They keep talking about people potentially getting bitten, and they kept records of everyone who got bitten. Does EcoHealth have those records? And if not, how can they possibly rule out a research-related accident? Dr. Anthony Fauci faced Senate in July, where Republican Senator Rand Paul accused the disease expert of lying under oath and that the research funded was technically gain-of-function. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research, done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, had access to the documents and tweeted this thread. He said, the documents make it clear that assertions by the NIH director, Francis Collins, 
and the NIAID Director Anthony Fauci that the NIH did not support gain-of-function research or potential pandemic pathogen enhancement at the Wuhan Institute of Virology are untruthful. The materials show that the 2014 and 2019 NIH grants to EcoHealth with subcontracts to the Wuhan Institute of Virology funded gain-of-function research as defined in federal policies in effect in 2014 to 2017 and potential pandemic pathogen enhancement as defined in federal policies in effect in 2017 to present. The material confirmed the grant supported the construction in Wuhan of novel chimetic SARS-related coronaviruses that combined a spike gene from one coronavirus with genetic information from another coronavirus and confirmed the resulting viruses could infect human cells. The documents also showed that a separate study on genetically engineered mice with human cell receptors was also conducted. Mr. Ebright tweeted, the materials reveal that the resulting novel laboratory-generated SARS-related coronaviruses also could infect mice engineered to display human receptors on cells, humanized mice. These tweets prompted Senator Rand Paul to again accuse Dr. Fauci of lying. He wrote, Surprise, surprise, Fauci lied again, and I was right about his agency funding novel coronavirus research at Wuhan. Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher backed up Rand Paul on Fox News. He also believes there are things the United States can do to investigate the origins of COVID-19 without the cooperation of China. To me, it confirms what we've known for months, which is that Fauci lied to us. He lied to Congress. He knew that our taxpayer dollars were being administered by his organization to third parties like EcoHealth Alliance to do cooperative research gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and when questioned about it, he hid behind a highly legalistic definition, but more to the point, he was lying. In fact, he still has a job, is an affront to the hundreds of thousands of Americans who have suffered, if not died, under coronavirus. And then I add on to this, the fact that we, we now have the 90-day intelligence review from the Biden administration, which came back with nothing. Yep. That's unacceptable. And it's said that we have we can't get to the bottom of this until we have the co-op cooperation of the Chinese. That is bogus. That is a cop out. There are a ton of things we can do. And let's start by subpoenaing Peter Daszak and his entire corrupt organization to get answers. We cannot accept these lies to be the final answer. Congressman, uh, Senator Josh Hawley is demanding that Fauci step down. Are you? Absolutely. At a minimum. At a minimum, he should step down. And we should have a full, transparent investigation to untangle the complex web of U.S. taxpayer dollars funding this type of research. Well, you heard that from Sky News. Uh, they can actually report it and read it better than I. It's a lot of techno jargon, and I am uh, not a medical person, but I understand the basics of uh, uh, gain-of-function research. And um, from what I understand, it looks like Dr. Fauci did not tell the truth. It looks like he was dancing around the truth. What is it really? You know, I guess that's that's what they do. You know, Bill Clinton said, "What is it?" You know, so I agree that this should be investigated how this virus was engineered to spread all over the world and and be contracted by humans is something that we certainly need to look into. 
I do believe that Dr. Fauci ought to step down. I'm not certain about this in particular. I think he needs to step down because, frankly, he has lost the trust of the American people. Uh, not only because he danced around gain-of-function research. I believe he did shut that down when um, the idea of it... Uh, what am I trying to say here? Where, where am I going? When, when there was a tweet about it, uh, the virus originating from a, a Chinese lab that the, the Twitter, his daughter works at Twitter, and they shut down that whole idea only for it to come into fruition later on or but yeah, later on last year. And it turned out that it was true, that it did come from China, it came from a Chinese lab. But Dr. Fauci shut that down and said that, uh, shut down that idea and said that uh, the virus just occurred naturally. And he said that several times. But more importantly, I think, like I said, and I'll go back to this in a minute, he lost the trust of the American people. He lost, he, he's, this doesn't surprise anybody who, who has, you know, if you listen to Dr. Fauci and you heard Dr. Fauci over this past year and a half, you realize that he has flip-flopped all over the place regarding this virus. He told us first that masks don't work. Uh, he said a couple of other things, that, you know, the, the important thing that stands out because that lives forever on Twitter, you know, the masks don't work this and that and the other thing, and, and three masks, and the, the entire hypocrisy of it all is when you see he's telling the American people, oh, you got to wear masks, 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 and, and he's telling, uh, you know, he's directing uh, the American public or suggesting to the American public that vaccinations, 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 when the hypocrisy of him is that when, he's, when the cameras are on, he's not wearing a mask. He, there's a double standard going on here. And it behooves me, it, it bothers me, and it irritates me when I look out and I read these articles, and we know to a great deal of effect that this man is not telling the truth. And I don't understand the reason to lie, because it's not like the American people don't know. We know. We suspected this for a long time. We have computers in the palm of our hands. We don't, you know, you can't handle us the way you can handle. I mean, most people all over the world have computers in, in the palm of their hands. You can't handle us. You can't tell us the, the snow is falling and we know it's not snow. What is it, George Judy say? You, you pee on our legs and tell us it's raining. You can't do that. If it's gain of function, tell us and let us know. But he is such a political figure that he can't help himself. He's constantly trying to handle the public. And the public is getting tired of being handled. It's the boy who cried wolf. First he said, masks didn't work. Then he said, oh, I only said that because, well, you know, we were, run we were short on masks and we wanted to save the mask for uh, medical personnel. And then... After he said that, then he went back and said masks work. But we know that medical personnel don't really use paper masks for surgery, etc. So the you know it, 
we see him, and this is all last year, you know, we see him at the stadium. He's not wearing a mask. We see them in photography, you know, they're being photographed. Everybody's wearing a mask. And when the, when the cameras stop flashing, they take off the mask. So there's a good reason why Fauci need to go, needs to go. He needs to go immediately, and he needs to go now because he no longer fosters the trust or deserves the trust of the American people. Every time I see him and every time I see this, the people of the CDC, I'm annoyed and I'm aggravated and I just, I can't be bothered with it anymore. I don't have, they have nothing to say to me anymore. It's the boy who cried wolf, 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 and I'm tired of it. You know, what is he going to flip flop about now? What's he going to say about vaccines now? What's he going to do about this now? Where are we going with this now? Because every time he opens his mouth, he's not really telling the truth. At least this is how we feel. This is how I feel. I feel he's not telling you the truth anyway. And he hasn't been. I feel that I cannot trust him. And as a result, I don't want to hear anything he has to say. And maybe, I'm not saying suggesting that entirely, but maybe he's fostering the vaccination hesitation. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. He's a media darling. He's a little too political. And this doesn't need to be political. It needs to be uh it needs to be straightforward. This is if this is about saving people's lives, and that's what it should be about, not about political stances. But he leans here and he leans there and he inserts his opinions in places that, you know, I'm, I'm just done with it. Like, you know, stick a fork in me. I'm done with Anthony Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> My God, I can't even say his name now. But I'm done with him. It's time for him to resign. It's time for him to step down. We need a new face. We need a new voice. We need somebody with fresh eyes. We need somebody who is not a political darling. We need somebody who's going to tell us the truth and not try to handle us. We need somebody new. It's time for Fauci to go. Just go. Just resign. It's time. He's worn out his welcome. And no one, no one believes him now. They call him Dr. Falsy. And, and, and when it comes to this, you know, he could be telling the truth. He could be telling us things that we need to hear. But nobody believes him now because he has flip-flopped and flim-flammed and carried on so there's nothing else to hear. There's nothing else that we want to hear. And, you know, just because it's Dr. Fauci, he's been there a long time, doesn't mean that he is the staunch man uh, of knowledge in this entire field. There are other people who are also have but just as many credentials as he does, and maybe more. We need to see more other faces, and we need to see, hear other voices. Excuse me. When I say we need to see other faces, and we need to hear other voices, that's what we need to do. This nonsense, you know, has ruined his credibility. It's ruined him. It's ruined the credibility of his office or whatever he holds. It, it's ruined. You know, this is what the second time he's been called a liar 
And how many times has he actually lost? It's time for Dr. Fauci to go. It's time. Goodbye, Dr. Fauci. We wish you well in your future endeavors. If only, right? You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the second or third half of this podcast. It's a broad subject here. It's, you know, it's about Fauci lying and it's about uh, COVID-19 being here to stay and what that means to us in the world with vaccine mandates being rolled out and uh, mass mandates being rolled out. And if this COVID-19 is here to stay with us, what, you know, do these mandates still apply? And do we have to continue with these mandates as long as COVID is here to stay? Um, also, I was reading an article about people in the workforces. As we know that some people here in the United States and places in the world are uh, making a mandate or requiring workers or employees to uh, get the jab. Uh, in order to continue their employment. And a lot of people have, I guess, complied. I don't know. But there are some protests here. There's been protests all over the world, not shown on mainstream media, because I guess we, they don't want uh, all of us to get together and get an idea and start putting 300,000 people on the ground to protest this nonsense. But now that we know, or we suspect anyways, that Corona is here to stay, I just wanted to find out how people are reacting to it now and how we are living with it under the present circumstances. So I I was reading, of course, and um, this was an article about By the Hill, and it said, a whopping 70% of unvaccinated Americans Americans would quit their job if vaccines were mandated. So, goes on to read this. A Washington Post-ABC News poll asked unvaccinated workers whose employers have yet to impose a vaccine mandate what they were likely to do if being vaccinated was required. The poll found 16% of unvaccinated workers would get the shot. 35% would ask for a medical or religious exemption and 42% would quit. That's large. Without an exemption, 18% said they would comply, and 72% said they would quit. Our country is in a historic fight against the coronavirus. Add changing America to your Facebook or Twitter feed to stay on top of the news, blah, blah, blah. Just 18% of respondents said their employer currently requires workers to be vaccinated, and about 30% of workers whose employers don't have mandates are unvaccinated, according to Washington Post. More than half of Americans surveyed, however, favorite businesses requiring employees to go into the workplace to be vaccinated, with 52% 
supporting the idea and 44% opposed. The poll comes as more businesses are expected to put COVID-19 vaccine requirements in place after the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine vaccine was granted full Food and Drug Administration approval. A recent survey of 961 U.S. employers that employ nearly 10 million people found that 52% of companies could have one or more vaccine requirements for workers by the fourth quarter of 2021. And this is very interesting to me because, you know, we have a, a series of articles, I'm just getting lost in these articles, about these vaccine mandates and you have this push from the world and from everyone, this pressure that everyone wants to get back to normal, whatever that is. And I like to talk about what normal is because I don't think there is a normal anymore. There is no uh, pre-2020 mindset. Those people who were laid off these jobs, they're not there anymore. They're not rushing to get these jobs, uh, take back these service jobs and these retail jobs. They're not rushing to um, to do this anymore. They're looking for other ways and better employment. They're looking for something more meaningful for their lives. As I said before, there's no reality where work isn't required. But what type of work you do and the energy you put out into the world matters to people. And I believe that people are trying to take control of that as much as possible to get back into something that is worthwhile. Death has been put into people's faces so many times. You you think about that. You had time to think about that now. You had a year and a half to think about that now. And it's not just about getting back to work and working some old job or some low-paying job and and doing, you know, forcing yourself and, and going on the grind again. It's about meaning something. And so I don't think it's ever going to go back to normal anymore. There's, there's not a normal. There's not the 2019 uh, back to whatever normal was. I don't think that's ever coming back. And that being said, we know now that the virus is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. We have to live with it. But how long then do we have to live with vaccine mandates? Because, as we well know, the vaccines begin to wane after a certain time. And now we have to go in for, they're talking about two, three, possibly four booster shots. And mass mandates, possible school closings. You know, if the cases rise, how do we learn to live with COVID-19? For the long haul. Because I argue that vaccine mandates and mass mandates, those are not sustainable. They're not sustainable. Most people would quit. And if you believe in the narrative that there are 10 million jobs out there, then there, out of those 10 million jobs, we know that most of them or some of them are not going to be uh, requiring requiring, um, a vaccine mandate 
in order to be employed there. Because not everybody believes in that. Not everybody wants that. Nobody, you know, if you you have a mask mandate, why do you need a vaccine mandate? And if you require testing and the testing is negative, why do you need to, why, you know, how can you be spreading it? You can't spread something you don't have. I said this time and time again. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's my podcast, so I get to talk about whatever I want and say it how many times I want to. That's why I have it, so I can get my microphone and talk into it and, you know, not bother everybody else with my thoughts. But, you know, how long do we go on like this? And when does the fear begin to abate? When do we stop being terrified of it? Now, people die of the flu as well. The flu was here to stay. It didn't go away. We learned to take those shots and get on with it. You know, there's flu season coming up. So, so how do we learn to live with COVID-19. How do we learn to live in the in the long term? Is the new normal limiting where you can go? Limiting what you can do? Limiting being in large crowds? Is that no longer a thing? The new normal that, you know, you asked your friends and your family members because they didn't take the vaccine? And maybe they did take the vaccine, but they didn't get the booster shot. Is that the new normal? What does that look like? There's an article here on Catu to ABC. It reads this way. It says, COVID-19 likely here to stay, <clears throat> excuse me, PSU biology professors said. The COVID-19 virus is likely here to stay, and nearly everyone will be exposed to it at some point, at Portland State University biology professor said Monday. Reopening plans across the world were derailed last this year when the highly contagious Delta variant started spreading across the globe. It filled many with a sense of dread that it was near never going away, kind of the other coronaviruses, kind of like the other coronaviruses that caused the common cold. It's always, I think, been most people's expectation that SARS, COVID-2, was probably going to become a lot like those other ones, said Ken Stedman the biology professor, meaning it was going to become less deadly over time, but it's too soon to predict that with certainty. Stedman said there's no way to know how severe COVID-19 will become years down the road. So many, excuse me, so maybe it's going to be like these common cold coronaviruses, which don't kill very many people, or it could be as bad as a flu which kills 20,000 to 30,000 people a year. We're really not going to know until it actually happens, he said. 
Stedman said the more people that get vaccinated, oh, here we go, the less likely the virus will have more chances to mutate and become more dangerous. And he said it's much better to be vaccinated when you are eventually exposed to the virus. But anyways, you know, that's the tout. And again, I have no problem with people choosing to get vaccinated. Go do what you got to do. I have a problem with forced vaccination for people who have exemptions, you know. But anyways, that's what got me to thinking about the coronavirus and its place in the world and if it was here to stay. And if it is here to stay, which I believe it is, then when we look back on this from some years from now, how do we justify our reaction? How do we justify? I can understand maybe the first year or so that we closed things down and that we shut it to slow the spread. It was supposed to be 14 days. It turned out to be a year and a half. But how do we justify how we treated people? How we've, uh, how, you know, Dr. Fauci just straight up lied to us about it. How, do, how does that get justified in, in the long term, in the future? Now, how does that get justified the treatment? You know, the breaking up of homes, the separation of families and friends, you know, uh, the lockdowns, the isolation, the loneliness, the, the uh, substance abuse. How does, how does that get justified? And when we look back, did we do the right thing? And maybe in the first, we can probably justify it. But can we justify it now with, you know, threatening people's jobs and, and charging people money because they're not getting vaccinated? I'm not telling anybody not to get vaccinated. I'm just looking at the treatment of people and telling people that you, you can't enjoy the fight of the good life because you're not a vaccinated person. Even though the science, that we know that there's a breakthrough virus, you know, the virus, you can get the virus. Some people get very sick. Some people don't. A lot of people don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. But how do we justify? How do we look back and justify who we were during this time? Who the city allowed? How, how, how do we justify the officials with these vaccine mandates, this discriminatory practice? Is it here to stay? Will we always have vaccine mandates? Now that we have allowed the state and the government to take away our freedoms and big business, not to mention, do we ever get it back? Everybody wants to go back to the new normal. I don't think there is ever going to be a new normal. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong. I hope, you know, uh, wages rise, people have a happier life, they have a work-life balance, that they're doing meaningful work and that they're happier than they were years ago. I hope that happens. I hope coronavirus goes away and it's all a bad 
we could just write off the, the next two years as a just, you know, they were what they were. I hope that's the case. But looking at the trends now, especially with the more infections coming about, I think we can kiss normal goodbye. And that's my podcast. If you made it with me this far, listen, thank you for listening. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. You have just heard the Black Eye Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H-1029, excuse me, or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.